0: Hello, you're listening to the Consequential Podcast, and this is very exciting because it's the end of the year. We're going to pick our best comics. We so have to fucking do this again. <laughs> yeah, it's the fiftieth episode. Fifty. How the hell did we get to fifty? I don't know. No one's dead. No one's murdered. One's dead. us dead. Well, yeah, I assumed that someone would try and stop us. Well, unless that's
1: the twist, and we were dead all along, or some such sort of bollocks. Is that the twist? We have a twist. Be a really weak twist.
0: Yeah. It's been um, done. But we've also we've also got competition time. Right. Competition winners from our exciting competition. So first things first, we've all got a short list of three comics that we've liked the most this year. Roger looks like he's gonna fucking snap. Why don't you <laughs> yeah. go first no, and... you can't?
2: <laughs> Best one yet. <laughs>
0: Lucy, you don't have the giggles, do you?
2: Just cut it here, it's perfect. (laughs) No, I don't have the giggles, but I do have a recipe to share with our listeners. Please share. Go on. Let me take you into the world of Christmas nachos. You're painting a picture. Indeed. You take a bag of something in the sort of kettle chips realm, a fairly greasy but non-tortilla crisp that you might eat at Christmas. Uh Uh-huh cover that with anywhere from some brie to a whole brie and melt the fucker right blob on cranberry then you've got you know a choice of toppings you could have some chestnuts a sprinkling a stuffing meats if that's your thing it's, oh um, man Christmas nachos so
1: they still make those chorizo kettle chips because that would just I would uh, I believe they
2: the biggest gastro bonus.
1: you know yeah. it's
0: just paprika and sugar
1: right everything's just paprika and sugar
2: okay but you can melt brie onto it yes Okay. Okay. I haven't made this yet. Okay. But, but I'm going but yeah, to. I've been fantasizing about it. Yeah. Oh. Nearly constantly. So. Well,
1: I've been jonesing for flat all day.
2: Well. This the has the culinary doing?
0: hate crime section of the podcast. Nothing good comes of the instruction, you take a whole cheese.
2: Uh. Some good things. I ate. Probably a whole cheese yesterday on on aggregate. You told me about it. Oh, it was good. You sent me those dirty cheese cheese messages. Mmm, good cheese. Just the most delightfully youthful dome of soft goat. Starts off almost like fromage blanc, very little flavour, but just sort of light freshness. And then as it stays in your mouth, it gets really buttery with like a young goaty edge. That does sound pretty fucking good.
0: What what is even happening?
2: Cheese, guys. Having, having cheese feels okay. Or oh, you got a cute brie this Christmas? Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: The little heart-shaped get, one. Get oh,
0: shadow. right. I thought I thought you meant a cute as in you know a, a, a cute brie a, a poisoning, sudden painful onset of brie. No, the brie is chronic at this point.
2: Yes, but the gout can is be it managed?
0: Cute. Pretty much. Okay, it's on the table. are chronic. Okay. Um... Do you want to talk about comics? i I'd love someone to talk about some comic. But okay. You've clearly gone off on one. Roger has turned fucking livid red. Really? From yeah, from I assume just giggling like an imbecile You're quite fine, some you're time. fine. I'm fl- I mean you're, 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 you're alright. That's that's the same thing. you that's how you turn red. What I mean. I feel, I feel yeah, good. it's it's the same process. Your blood's your blood's up in your, your skin bits. <laughs> it's probably than just the menopause. Down in the meat bits. It could be the menopause. You have really been due to menopause. I mean a lot of a lot of the things that you eat really do block your estrogen levels. This has been coming for some time. We should really talk
1: about some comics.
0: I want to before reclaim lose. the
2: menopause. I want to take the men out of menopause. If you guys are getting all up on this menopause bit, I don't want it.
0: I'm not. I haven't turned <laughs> bright red. I'm not I think I've just got the clanks. I'm not going for cultural appropriation okay. of the menopause. Okay, that's or good. Or Because it is actually going
2: to happen to me. Yeah. Probably yeah. quite soon, given how things are going.
0: It's probably because you're following the Roger Hart diet. Probably. Lucy. Yes. What are your top three comics for this year in no particular order?
2: In no particular order, Dave, my top three comics for this year are... Space Dumplings by Craig Thompson. uh uh-huh. Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And Munu by Malik Sajid.
0: No writer-artist teams, I note. Are no, you, are they're you all prejudiced? single creator.
2: I probably in some ways that I haven't yet unpacked my privilege thereabouts. Okay. But not specifically this one, I don't think. It just happens to be a coincidence. Is Munu the isometric deer comic? It is the isometric deer comic.
0: Why, why don't you run down all of these comics for the nice people at home?
2: Okay, so Space Dumplings is the, which Roger also enjoyed, which Dave also enjoyed, Mm -hmm. um, is the story of uh, Violet, Mm -hmm. a young girl who is living sort of in, I guess, working class space, basically. Um, People are not living on Earth anymore because of environmental issues and also space whales. The space whales are good because they kind of come and eat all the junk, but they're bad because they come and eat all of the people's stuff and also poop out a load of sludge.
0: But which is fuel.
2: But which is fuel, but which is also kind of chaotic in its exegesis.
0: Because it's poop from flying, space it's whales. from
2: flying space whales more or less at random with no forethought for human society
1: ideology um, to eschatology right there
2: um and it's the story of violet teaming up with some friends to go and rescue her dad after he's held captive when a space waste related mission goes wrong whilst her mum's trying to further her career by working on the fancy space station for the fancy people but she's not allowed to live there there are sort of constant kind of reminders that they're not quite the right kind of people um, and it, it examines a lot of things um, from the perspective of children and just does it all really, really well. The environmental stuff's good, the class and social interaction and privilege stuff is really good and I think probably most importantly it's, it's a book about children who feel real. There was none of that kind of stilted layer of an adult translating adult stuff into a child. It felt very natural. That being said, I was old when I was born and I haven't been a child for a long time so, you know, I might be a bit off on this one. I'd love some real children to tell me what they think.
0: Presumably not in, in real life or, like, through some sort of remove. like, you'd like to Yeah, but
2: it. if they could email me, these right. children. <laughs> Send me a WhatsApp. Okay. But not Snapchat, I'm too old for that. I'm
0: definitely too old for that. Yeah. I think I have it's WhatsApp.
2: ghosts and penises.
0: Yeah, haunted penises. penises, Yes. Callbacks. Once again. Tell us um, about, tell us about Nimona.
2: Ah, Nimona. Nimona is the story of Nimona, um, who's a sassy girl and also a shapeshifter. Which, it went into
0: print this year. We've got vague rules about publication, but we're not going to tell you what they are.
2: It was definitely printed this year, Amazon said,
0: 2015, I was like, yep, it's on the list. Yeah. Sweet.
2: Um... She teams up with the dastardly Lord Blackheart. Blackheart. Lord Blackheart. Lord Blackheart. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't reread anything, and I can't remember a fucking thing about his comics. <laughs> Don't keep well. that in the podcast. You can if you want to. Oh I've god. got
0: no choice. You won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, he's been. Um, oh god, what's his rival called?
0: Golden Loin.
2: Golden Loin. <laughs> yes. Ambrosius.
0: Ambrosius Golden Loin. Yes. Roger, you're doing that thing again where you can't breathe. Have you read
1: it. So was nearly some Beaujolais. Which which <laughs> which Nouveau. wine did you pack
0: into your nasal cavity, Roger? Which wine? <laughs> it
1: was the Beaujolais Nouveau, and it nearly it nearly it it nearly nosed out. Nearly and was it, it was white it shirts?
0: youthful fruitiness particularly pleasant when packed into your nasal cavity? Do not mock the Beaujolais Nouveau. I'm really mocking you. That's fine for for again filling your sinuses, sluicing them <laughs> with cheap French wine. A good a good sinus uh, sinusy sluice
2: irrigation. Mm. Yeah, fresh.
0: Yeah, so that's what we're drinking. Some of us through our mouths. It's a fairly standard
1: um, Beaujolais nouveau, um, a fairly respectable eight pounds. This one from Waitrose in Bloomsbury.
2: Um, Fucking hell.
0: <laughs> Even for you.
2: I know you have legitimate reasons to go there, but that doesn't make it okay. It's the closest
1: supermarket to my boyfriend's flat.
2: And that says things about you.
0: Mhm. It really does. You people. Thank you for bringing us wine. Lucy, please continue.
2: Um, pneumonia teams up with Lord Blackheart, who was basically kicked out of hero school, but possibly mm-hmm. under sort of bad pretences um and since then his kind of his role in society is essentially to be the scheming bad guy and his former best friend current rival um ambrosius golden loin is the hero of the civilization he's the guy who comes and turns up and does all the good stuff when you need good stuff doing and it's um what i really liked about Nimona is that it's one of the most sort of complex takes on What's good, what's evil, how we present that to ourselves and to each other, what the sort of layers of power and control involved in that are. Um, and it does a very good job of sort of unpicking these very traditional fantasy and fairy tale roles and turning them into something that feels very real and probably closer to what actual humans would do than any of that made up perfect stuff. Plus, there's dragons and shit. What does it remind me? What, is it, what does it look like? nice um, mm-hmm. quite like. a sort of pale like pastelish ish palette for pneumonia and stuff that's happening during the day mm. and good shit but then goes very very dark kind of I don't know how to explain it but that that's thing fun. where each thing is like a block of colour and then they're all kind of stacked up maybe
0: okay I sort of plain colouring yeah. it's not blended down yeah it's very sort of tall and angular and everyone looks a bit like David Bowie awesome
2: it's good. God, I wish
0: I looked it's a bit like stuff. David Bowie. You do you look at my man. A bit like David Bowie. You're yeah, sort of you're sort of ginger. Yeah. And um, quite tall. To be honest, if you get any more wine into your sinuses, there's a good chance you'll blow out one of your pupils. So
2: <laughs> that'd be nice. I can believe that you spent a lot of time doing cocaine in the past, whether or not that's true.
0: I can believe you've urinated into a toaster. Well, one of you is right. no. <laughs>
2: no.
0: <laughs> so that's Namona. Uh, tell the us moment. about Manu
2: uh, Manu is the story of a kid who is represented as a deer called Manu uh, he's growing up in um, the sort of conflicted area of Kashmir which is claimed by both India and Pakistan um, in the book the Kashmiri people are all represented as these slightly isometric deer whereas the um, soldiers from either side are sort of caricature people basically, kind of grim soldier men and um, it's really really interesting it's not a part of the world that I knew anything about and I was very glad to have read it and I was very very glad to have read it from the perspective of somebody who grew up there so one of the the later part of the book in particular when he gets more like socially and politically aware is very much about kind of ways in which the west want to co-opt that conflict and how it's seen as entirely about India and Pakistan there's no sort of the idea of um, Kashmiri independence, which is what his people kind of want, uh, is not really ever raised on the international stage. It's like which one of you two people owns this, and the people there are like, we want to own ourselves. Um, it's yeah, a really fascinating insight to the region. It's kind of it's in the kind of Persepolis school of um, troublesome regimes, childhoods spent there. Um, and, yeah, he, he grows up to draw political cartoons for the local newspapers and then eventually sort of studies art a bit more and gets to kind of break out and do things. I think it's semi-autobiographical. And it's got lots of dear people
1: in it. And it's quite sort of stark, isn't it? It's the sort of itchy mm. black and white, yeah, slightly, slightly geometric.
2: A lot of the sort of um, kind of ornate Islamic and Arabic patterns and sort of... Imagery bordering that kind of thing, which is very nice as well. If you, um, fuck, what's the other one called? If you liked Habibi yeah, yeah, yeah. for its design, but maybe not for its content or tone, you will probably enjoy this visually.
0: So, so well, so epileptic as well, similar in that sort of sense.
2: Mm. No, I'm no more in the sort of, um, kind of dense Islamic okay. so not, not, style. Okay.
1: 'Cause epileptic's basically this whole giant Shiruskiro fidget, isn't it? It's kinda mm. it's It messy, is, but there are far.
0: there are sections where you have sort of uh, you you have the sort of encroaching monster of the, mm. the brothers. It's not epilepsy, quite as it's not quite as
2: as that. It mm. starts
0: to take on sort of form in the way mm. that the
1: panels are structured and things like that. Mm. Mm. What I noticed about it leafing through, I've not I've not read it, but it was just how dense it is. Mm. Like this it's is really a it's a big long. thing.
2: And there's a lot of text. It's it's a chunky read. I mean, I read fast and it took me a lot longer to read yeah. than I expected. But I was glad to have done it. it was it's what sort of... About 12 400 pages. Twelve panel pages or
1: something
2: like yeah. that? Oh, nine, nine to twelve? Yeah, nine to twelve panels. Um, lots of text and lots of quite sort of complex political ideas mm-hmm. in there. So, not light reading, but definitely rewarding.
1: Has it been picked up by that extraordinarily... The Guardian's extraordinarily fatuous comics coverage Yes it, it, it has yes, It's on, it's it on has. Jonathan Cape So yes it yeah. has. They just drive a wheelbarrow Up to the Guardian office Every what November And dump a load of books there Yes yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Comics would, aren't just for you.
2: kids anymore Here's some poor people made
0: one Yay mm. <laughs> So it's almost It's almost time for Roger's selection But first of all should we just get this out Of the fucking way right now
2: Is it the
0: candy? Yeah, Roger, you brought us a special treat. I don't want to eat that. Well, you have to. We'll eat it if you do.
2: I'm intrigued. I want to eat it. I've actively wanted to eat it ever since I first saw it several months ago. you went to the America.
0: I went went to the America.
2: Oh, Christ.
0: What we have here is uh, Archie McPhee exploding pickle candy. It's popping candy, but it tastes like dill pickles.
2: The picture on the front is of a big anthropomorphic dill pickle with arms and shoes and a hat and a big mouth. His midsection is exploding and he looks really fucking happy. He about looks pretty. It. He looks pretty thrilled about it. It's a it. sinister image. It like
1: kind top of as well. Sort of religious zealotry sort of um, I've got that like, joy like, joy 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 down in think, my heart. Well no, is. I wonder if he was like a sort of, if if the pickle was suicide bombing. Oh. I'm not like just kind of you know, he's he's on his way to some kind of apotheosis via the, violence. The
2: rapture was happening
1: I, th- I, th- yeah, him. I
0: thought you were going for some of that, give me that old time religion.
1: Yeah. No, no, I, I think he's making Tent Revival. I think he's yeah. making a deeply testify a, a, ...a deeply fallacious political point via the medium of exploding
2: his own guts. He's also deeply fallacious being a pickle. Mm. Right. Are we, we gonna eat what this? was with a PH? We're gonna eat this. In case you want. It's a yeah, yeah. no, no,
0: I, I <laughs> I wasn't. It's That's like bodacious,
2: yes, but feel you weird know? It smells like
0: candied butt. <laughs> How do you even eat popping candy? Do I just, like... You put it in your mouth, you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. You can use <laughs> listen, your hand as a conduit, listen, or you can pour it directly in. All at the same time.
2: Can I have a much smaller quantity? Oh, it looks
0: like, like, like... meth.
2: That's Oh, you're 100% sure it
0: isn't meth? No. Are you about to meth me up? Maybe a little, but... <laughs> Let's be honest, we need some energy, we need a little bit of pep. Okay. Okay? One,
2: two, three. Is anyone getting mint? Yeah. It's revoltingly minty. This is a scummy time. I wanted it to taste a lot more like actual dill pickles. I fucking love dill pickles. Me too.
0: This tastes nothing like pickles. This
2: is, I feel we've been missold. It's a minty fucking bullshit. There's
1: barely any dill in there at all. It's, it's crackling.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's popping candy.
2: I'm popping candy is bullshit.
0: It's good. It sounds like you're sort of yelling through an old-time radio. It's, it's good.
2: The ingredients are malt syrup, like, sugar, carbon dioxide, artificial dill flavor, and yellow and blue coloring. Artificial? Why would you... For fuck's sake,
0: people. This has been Look, a not everybody's electric. got
2: artisan-grown dill nearby their candy factory.
0: What about just a bush of it? Like, it doesn't have to be artisan. People, if you're in San Francisco and you go to a weird sort of oldie-timey-looking toy shop, uh, sweet shop, do not buy the Exploding Pickle candy. It's been... It's
2: bad, it's, bad and gross. It's, it's, it's,
0: it's just not even...
2: It's not doing it. It's just,
0: it's just annoying.
2: It's gross in the wrong way that... Like pickle candy should be slightly gross in a pickly way, but this is yeah. just like some toothpastey crap. Doesn't even do what it is this shit? It's
0: fantastic. I'm, it it. I'm, I'm pretty sure we could make better pickle candy than this.
2: That's a challenge for
0: 2016. Mm. Roger, what are your top three comics of the year? Oh, I don't know. I'm still angry about this candy. Shut up.
2: What am I supposed to do with this?
0: I, well, you are meant to eat it because it was a lovely gift, and you should be <sighs> thankful. Jesus think nice i have got people. time to
2: eat Daddy's beard while he's talking, or might be called upon to sass him,
0: uh, it's entirely up to you. I can take over sassing
2: duties.
0: Okay, all right, mind. that'd be good. So my comics of uh, alternate... of I, I feel like, a... I feel like I need to clarify what's going on there. It it's a it's a candy floss flavored caramel bar from France. From France.
2: The French term for candy floss is barbe a papa, which means Daddy's beard, which is fucking strange. Yeah.
1: So, um, this year's been an interesting year, but there have been a lot of things that I like, but very few things that very strongly spoke to me. So, my, my absolute favourite, um, I'm not going to lie about this, my absolute favourite comic of the year we've already covered, it was Space Dumplings.
2: Sorry. No,
1: no, 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 that's cool. I think it's, a, it's an awesome pick. You've it's read more book. stuff than me. It's, we, one of the things we didn't, I'm going to talk about it very, very briefly, one of the things we didn't touch on is just how to touch on is how amazing the page layout is. Mm. It's fucking sense. It's Craig Thompson, right? Beautiful like, colouring as well, which yeah. wasn't Craig Thompson, yeah.
2: but I can't remember who it was.
1: Uh, the guy's got this stubby little credit at the back of the book, mm-hmm. less than he deserves. Um, so no, I, I did I did very much enjoy some things this year. Um, so one of them is quite recent. Is uh, we spoke about this briefly previously. It's Tilly Walden's. I love this part. Um, also on my list are um, Frederick Peters' Armor and um, Snyder and Jock's Witches, which uh, it's kind of a, a sort of. I had a very mainstream pick last year, and I think this this year is a bit a little bit more of a spread. I mean, there's nothing terribly indie, but I guess I love this part. It's quite small, not not that small press, but Avery Hill—they're not, not huge, right? No. Um, so I love this part. We talked about on the on the last podcast, I think. It, it's just beautiful. It, it gave me the feels. Two young girls having a, um, a sort of strong friendship that sort of blossoms into blossoms into Roger you fucking cliched hack becomes That's
2: the only term you can use when young women fall in love
1: why did I oh. they end up having a relationship it doesn't go great it kind of falls apart and then they kind of stitch it back together again but it's not all happy and lovely it's sad and it's aching and it's acute and it's beautiful and it's colored wonderfully to reflect this with a kind of ink wash against some stark black and white there's this whole thing where they are giant against their landscape which kind of captures this whole feeling of well if you're being snide you could say teenage self-importance but it doesn't come across as that it's, it's this sort of bits of my life make me feel enormous against the trivia of my world I guess, I don't know, something like that they sort of slouch against tower blocks and landscapes and don't really notice the world until it pulls back and shows us things where they're you know, forced to live in it so it's got this kind of wonderful movement of design it's a beautiful book and yeah, it's it's a it's a page to a panel. It's kind of slow, and I want to say aching. I know I overuse aching, but this really does kind of trickle out like that.
2: A lot of things ache,
1: mm. especially if you've got the clanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Which to reiterate, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it, it's gorgeous. It's it's beautifully drawn. It's kind of crisp black and white, um, black and white stuff. With then this. The ink wash that sort of pulls into the edges of the lines or mm-hmm. pulls away from them, depending—sort of moving with mood, kind of play of clouds or views down streets, little bits of perspective. Mm. It's it's very snapshotty, kind of vignette It's it's just it's
2: just a fucking gorgeous
1: book, and, and and I I nearly cried when I read it.
2: It made Roger have feels.
0: I had, I had at least one feels. That's good. That's got to count for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really yeah. does. Because your heart is a twisted, gnarled thing full of black tar. Yeah, pumps sluggishly. Well, he needs black
2: tar. It keeps him alive on the inside.
0: Not the heroin.
2: I didn't mean the (laughs) heroin. I've
0: been off the gear for a while.
2: You've still got the flanks, though.
0: I think at some point I need to figure out a way of pretending that our digressions within digressions are like a big Arabian Nights thing. We're actually actually being incredibly clever rather than just hacks. Someone once called us quite clever. Yes.
2: Hacked with a short attention span, I think, is the issue.
1: So, um, which is, I guess, a lot of people have read. It's the Snyder Jock um, horror thing.
2: Every time you say Snyder, I think pretzels. And
1: you should; they're delicious. I mean, not that he isn't, but I've never licked him. I, I, I mean, maybe he
0: tastes of, of hot wing sauce. It's too late now. He isn't could there? have done. He was right there.
1: Oh, that would have been. I think that would have been over the line.
0: Yeah, it would have been over the line, but. There's over the line for normal society, and there's over over the line at a con, and they've probably had worse that day.
1: That's <laughs> true. Thought Bubble's pretty well behaved. I didn't see anyone consensually
0: licking the uh, the
1: artists or writers.
0: It is. No, that's because we kept you away from Alice Cott. <laughs> uh, fair. No,
1: which is... Um... Again, we've talked about it before, and so a lot of my picks this year are based on. I mean, it's not that the storytelling isn't great, but my picks this year are very strongly driven by the art, which is unusual for me because I occasionally claim I don't give a shit about it, which is a lie. But you know, I tend to read kind of far more words for story first, I guess. Tell me of these pictures that you've discovered.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> so, Witches has this gorgeous, arguably slightly overdone, but I love it visual tick. Of layering ink splatter, mm-hmm. kind of multi ink splatter, and then half tones and weird messed up digital artifacts over the pages. Now, within that, the style is kind of scrappy, like, like a sort of occasionally like a sort of digital Gerald Scarf kind of like mm-hmm. angry pen stroke thing, with these sort of semi angular people. I, again, I, I, I want to say fidgety. I use that a lot to describe stuff that doesn't have very clean line work. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got that kind of slash of the pen mm-hmm. thing to it. Mm. And then with this very kinetic feeling of the ink splattered over it and then digital sort of mesh artifacts and bits and pieces. And the density mm-hmm. of the artifacts and the movement of the color reflect bits and pieces of what's going on in the mood and kind of expand and contract with what's been happening with the story. Mm-hmm. So some things, particularly sort of the happier memories almost clear of artifacts mm-hmm. and some things like the very tense journey down into the witch's burrow is very, uses them to become very claustrophobic it is and isn't used for woodlands sometimes it's used to make the woodlands atmospheric sometimes it's used to contract uh, to expand rather to, to, to give things space to happen in mm-hmm. so it just has this sort of extra emotionally figurative dimension available to it mm-hmm. that it plays with I think very beautifully the the line work and the, the design is pretty cool as well some very very nice use of colour is he colouring it himself I can't remember his color. no it's Matt Hollingsworth Everything's Matt like as well.
0: The stuff that isn't Geordie Belair. Oh yeah, that's true. Um,
1: it's lovely. It's it's genuinely lovely. The story is um, it's a standard something in the woodland sort of American gothicy, not quite American gothic, but like American something something horrible in the woods. Would, would you is it a folk is that a folk horror trope by now? The whole move to a small town. There's something in the woods. It's maybe mystical. The town's probably in on it. Fuck knows what's going on. That kind of I think it's. I think yeah. it definitely
0: sounds of one. It sort of goes to a more of a Stephen King place, but yeah. it's definitely within the bounds of folk horror. certainly. It's, it's in that Stephen Stephen King
1: style mold. The family. Family moves to the town to get away from some stuff. Their daughter's passed. Their, past has followed them. The general overarching premise is there are these things called witches with a Y, mm-hmm. which are another life form on earth ancient, unknowable, what they have is either magical technology, there, are, there is a system of rules that if you follow they will grant you nebulous boons and what you basically do is you give them people that they probably eat Glorious. Uh, you, you pledge people and uh, this has seeped into folk religion, There's, it's got the kind of the, the opener sequence is in the past is this woman trapped in a tree Yes, the, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've heard that one. Pledge is pledged ending with the kid just smashing her face with a rock mm-hmm. because you don't defy the, the witches, witch's pledge is pledged. That comes back to bite them. It's got some nice bits of character design. It's got a really unpleasant, like, twist thing. The um, sale, the the girl her, her father is a is a best selling kind of like Jacob Rowling analog, sort of mm-hmm. all ages fantasy author, um, with a of, with a sort of former drinking problem, um, designed to look a bit like Matt Fraction. It's kind of weird, actually. Um, But, uh, and so everything, you wonder for a moment whether he's imagined the whole thing, and it's very easy for people to write that off, so it's partly his struggle to deal with what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. It's Sale's struggle to deal with, the like, she's the victim of horrible systemic bullying, but also the witches are after her, maybe, and... It's not totally clear what's happening. It throws a lot of things up in the air um, and then brings them down at the end of the first volume, which is we think is like just the end of the first storyline. There's more to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some nice bits of character creation, some nice bits of drama. It's genuinely unsettling. And again, it just looks beautiful. There's, there's a sequence in, I think, the first volume with this deer that makes its way into the family living room and just starts retching up blood and coughs out its own tongue. Um, it's fucking horrible. And it's amazing.
2: I'm here for that.
0: Armor wrapped up this year as well, mm. and you've been banging on about armor for a while. And it sort of hurtled to a conclusion over the last yeah couple two months. volumes this year from from that nice Mister Peters. Tell us, why armor is. Is this Sorry, Frederick Peters. Peters?
2: Okay, that weird guy.
0: The weird guy from Sandcastle. Yes, that, mm. Blue Pearls. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, armor had um, so it had two volumes this year. One in May and one in I think October, maybe September. Ah, uh, and I like to characterize it partly just to kind of go tipping the old sacred cow of the Incal, but not bollocks. Um, it's beautiful. Again, artistically, it's, it's, it's well-coloured. It's got this very crisp sort of tinting on acid style uh, line work and design. Fairly standard future dystopia, shady megacorp, tentacles everywhere, engaged in some kind of experiment to produce something that's maybe some sort of next stage of human evolution or something a bit like the Star Trek Genesis device or something to do with planetary sentience It's in that space. Um, a chap called Verloc who is um, separated from his wife and daughter and basically a bit of a down and out bum but also a weird some genetic purist in a society that does a lot of self-tampering and implants and bits and pieces runs into his much more successful and charming kind of corporate spy younger brother and they go off to the planet Onaji, I think to find this the scientific expedition that's building the magical thing that's undisclosed Um, uh, because everything's gone wrong and they've lost contact with them and the robots have gone rogue and that's kind of volume one and volume two advances that a bit. They meet all sorts of interesting grotesques on the planet um, including a strange mute child who resembles his his daughter and it gradually drips out a bit more and more about what's going on and this thing, Armour, is some kind of squishy and alarming deeply disgusting machine intelligence thing that's got loose and it becomes obvious that the shady megacorp has been manipulating things to some extent and what have you um, and volumes 4 and 5 just bring this to a head in this mad slightly surreal way um, most of 3 takes place in Verloc's mind as he gets sort of slurped into the consciousness of armor and then 4 is it, is it bonding with him and him coming home to deal with a bunch of finished business it gives him really gross superpowers and mm. um, Kind of bodily extrusion and distension and doing weird things and exploding people and it's there's a lot of these really livid purples. It's like mm. nasty cartoon fleshy. Yeah. It's um again wonderfully coloured, but the the story like so far so big concept sci-fi I guess, but it's really well trickled out. The stuff about Verloc's past and his betrayal and the place of his family and their kind of psychology with his brother is incredibly crisply well realised. It's, I mean, maybe a bit lazy for 3D, but you know, it, it's it really works. Uh, the stuff with his estranged wife, estranged wife and child. The um, the guy that's sort of behind it all. The uh, sort of um, who's the crazy biology dude who yaps on about wanting to live forever. Might be a Cambridge academic. Hmm.
2: One of the transhumanist guys. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I basically,
1: the, the bad the bad guy, insofar as, as those one is basically sort of deeply delusional but brilliant transhumanist. Um dresses a bit like a sort of cartoon Fu Manchu. It's well, you word. It's mm-hmm. it's it's delightfully dumb. Um, so, the, the final the final instalment, which was was this year, is them just all sort of crashing through and destroying various bits of a future city whilst they try to like, basically, Armor wants to bond with his daughter in order to do something to human destiny. He doesn't mm-hmm. want that to happen and is kind of fighting against it. But he also wants to use these newfound superpowers to basically do a, do a small revenge.
2: A tiny one.
1: He wants to have a little revenge and then carry on with his life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really work out nice for anyone. But the ending is delightfully ambiguous. Mm. It's It's not really clear... It's not completely explicit what happens. It's fascinating watching it unfold... And again, the page and panel structure—the um, it, it has this wonderful thing it likes to do of pulling into very tight detail and then expanding out to something huge and slightly unexpected. Um, it, this this is most acute in Volume One, but the uh, the, the final two volumes that also have it going on. They introduce kind of offset against the squishy flesh tones and extrusions and bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Offset the, the really tr- the mad transcendental shit is articulated through strange over-colored, like hyper saturated geometrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of aesthetic balance is is super interesting. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Something. Something about the the visual idiom of armor. Maybe it's just a little bit too psychedelia to quite fit into my standard descriptive vocabulary. Like I say, like the ink but not shit. Um, I'm not. I'm not great at explaining why it looks so so luscious, mm-hmm. but. There's, there's a thing around clear line work and shading and colouring and sort of panel arrangement. It's, it's an absolute joy. As nasty as all get out as well. Like it's it's kind of, it's, it's not a pleasant time.
0: It's a Frederick Peters book. It's yeah. not a
1: nice time. Yeah. No. It's great. It's really, really good.
0: Excellent. Well, in, in the absence of anything else foul to introduce into our diets, I'm going to jump straight into mine. My uh, three choices for year. First of which is Super Mutant Magic Academy by Julian Tamaki. Oh, I heard that was nice. It's not nice. It's horrible, but very funny and actually quite touching and kind of has a structure when you look at it. So originally published as a webcomic, came out this year as a big print collected edition from Fantagraphics, drawn on Quarterly? One of those guys. Yeah, those guys. Those guys, you I know, know sort of Canadian and soodsy, it's fine. Um, it, it It's... Basically, it's, it's about a school for sort of superheroes or possibly magicians. Basically, Hogwarts and Xavier's school from the X-Men got crashed into one thing. It's full of horny, angry teens trying to define themselves as people. Uh, and it just does precocious teenagers really well with all of these tiny little bits of sadness and people trying to define themselves as people. what you say Yes. But it's a much, um, it's, it, there's none of the subtlety of this one somewhere here. It's, Highbrow
2: gags, though.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, bro. It, it, it's, yeah, like if, if Charles Schultz could have made jokes about vaginas in Peanuts, he probably would have done, but it's that sort of thing. It's mm. sort of using kids, kids as adults to look at the world and doing the same sort of bittersweet uh, mm-hmm. stuff in gag panel strips. But it does eventually build up to this sort of bigger overall story about the school, about the sort of graduating class, and um, one character in particular, the never ending boy, who dies dozens of times throughout it and just keeps being reborn in, in a series of genuinely horrible ways. And he just seems to sort of become ce- endlessly placid because he's just going to keep reappearing in a, another horrible form. Just um, rolls with it. He's just not having the best time of anything. But it's. It's funny. It's really um, touching in places. It has really good writing of teenagers, and um, it's just great. It's just great. The artwork is sort of is infinitely less polished than anything else you've seen from her. It's really sort of yeah. scratchy and and. Um, I think it works really well though. Yeah, I think it does. For, I think it does for what it's doing. It really does. Okay. Um, I love it. It's very funny. It's very sweet. I liked it a lot. That's it's good. large as well. You get a lot of Super Mutant Fury Magic. You do, yes. It's the whole thing as well. And it's much easier to read than trying to read it on Tumblr. Mm. So true. true. Tumblr, comics on Tumblr bad
2: for comics. I'm sorry, people of Tumblr, but put your comics mm. someplace else. The only one that
1: isn't is Check, Please. They've actually made that
0: work.
2: True. But even then, it's not... I'd rather read it in a different format. Oh, than you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good for visibility, though true very true shareability yeah it's so shareable those kids with their sharing next up tell us what's next Dave fantasy sports number one by Sam Boswell really yes fantasy sports number one um you really liking mummies playing basketball yes the very thought apparently I was more of a dickhead to you than I thought during your go because oh you're really oh going for it yeah, it's about, um, it's about an adventurer's guild. Um, uh, Mug, who is the experienced adventurer, and um, uh, Wizkid, who is the intern uh, for, the, um, for basically the Academy of Magic, who just raid tombs for shit. Mm. Um, it, it's wonderful. It's this big, really ill-defined world where everything, anything could happen because nothing's ever really explained. Mm. So like magicians era. who don't do magic have interns, who raid tombs with them and they argue. And it's basically about the two people who don't want to be a team sort of learning to come together because when they raid this tomb and fight off all of the underlings, they get to the boss fight because it's you know structured around video games and they refer to it as a boss fight. And, um, uh, it, uh, it turns out that the only way to win is to play this giant ancient mummy at basketball. Uh, it's so silly. It's great. It's full of stupid little jokes. It's got those little... One, one of my favourite things is just completely improbable sound effects. Like, grab is not a sound effect. <laughs> 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 That's um,
2: it's a thing they do on Teen Girl Squad a lot yeah. as well. Um, I like that.
0: The absolute master of this, I think, is Kevin Cannon in the in Crater 15 and um, his other books about Navy, Navy Shanks. uh, Navy Shanks. Navy Shanks, yeah, it's not Army Shanks, Navy Shanks. Or is it Army Shanks? Maybe it's Army Shanks, who knows. Um, Anyway, he's a gruff sailor. He's a sort of Hemingway-esque character. But he's not in this book. He's not in fantasy sports. Um, The
2: sink in our new house is Shanks, just Shanks, before there was any armitage.
0: You must have a really old sink. It's a really
2: old sink. The bathroom was built for small Victorians. Um, I keep standing up and wearing the lampshade as a hat. Yeah, on by No, by mistake.
0: Mistake Because if you probably weren't doing it by mistake, you would do it on purpose every now and then just to get the value out of it's it. It's a
2: big spherical nest with a hole in the bottom. You'd wear it as a hat. You would, yeah. Unless you didn't want it to be a hat. particularly
0: might... as it glows and you watch quite a lot of Star Trek.
2: That's true. I'm going to tape it to the beams.
0: with gaffer tape. So anyway, the artwork is just lovely. Um... <laughs> Uh, the the artwork is is tremendous. It's um, very very silly again and quite <laughs> cartoony. Roger's lost it. Sorry, it was the mention of gaffer tape that did for him. Was it? He does like a bit of gaffer I tape. I don't
1: know. I got nothing. Yeah. I, think I think maybe
0: think it was your maybe the whole mise en scène yeah. <laughs> of your of your bathroom has done for him. Your ad hoc gaffer bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Tape shit to more shit. I like fantasy sports. I liked it a you lot. You do. You like it. Yeah. What does it look like? I can't tell you now. A comic. Yeah, it looks like a comic. Sort of about yebigs. Very, very large. With a spine. It's no brow. It's beautiful. Ugh, um, those guys. It's it's a no brow hardback about the size of a sort of European wallet hoovering bastard. Too
2: big, you mean? It's
0: about sixty pages. Likely too big. No, it'll only go on the bottom shelf. <sighs> too big too big maybe no it's beautiful I'm so very very glad that it's that size because you get more of the wonderful art which is full of detail and cartoonish expression and uh grab tiny angry interns flipping people off when they uh amazing yeah I do like a tiny angry intern
2: yeah we've all been one it's
1: glorious
0: I also like Injection mmm Is that know? on your list it is on my list
2: see that was
1: gonna be online but I figured someone else would have me covered
2: ditto yeah hey, uh, daddy Warren
0: I chose it big uncle Warren um in the middle of having, right. having a massive neurological event, uh, came out with injection, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, about five people who decided that the world was going to be boring soon, and so came up with an artificial intelligence they could inject into reality to keep things interesting. Guess how well that went.
2: Got too interesting, didn't it? Got too it? interesting. More interesting than they bargained yeah.
0: for. Impish, peculiar,
1: folkloric, and bleak.
2: Horrifying, ultimately. Yeah. So
0: skin jacket <laughs> it seems to have um, yeah so, so we, it, without giving too much away, everything's sort of taken on a folk horror tinge because the as far as they can tell it really loves playing around with um, folk horror stereotypes because it, it's it's sort of made up of pieces of each of them. One of one of the, the the party is a cunning man, uh, a sort mm. of old-fashioned British shaman and, and um, he had a part to play. he bound something into it. To go with the sort of program and the intelligence and what people were looking for that came from the others. And it's all gone horribly wrong. Mm, Really badly wrong. And now they're sort of trying to either stop it or run from it. And it's really interesting the sort of blend of folk horror, genuine folk Mm. horror, and the slowly unfolding mystery of who these people are and what they did. Yeah. And what's going to happen next. Getting
1: to play with different styles of. Not exactly different styles of genre story, sort of Britishised pseudo genre y stuff, like getting to rotate through different types of weird, folky, detective y horror y stuff.
2: It's also got a woman who, when she fucking wants a sandwich, she asks for one. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of I sandwiches in it. That
1: she gets just such a bad sandwich though.
2: True, but she then she fucking eats it. Yeah. There's no pretense of not eating no. a sandwich.
1: Like it's, the sandwich is not the sandwich that Maria gets is not the worst thing that happens in that book, but it's like maybe the third worst.
2: It's not the sandwich she deserves. There's no. a wonderful
0: reveal when when it sort of she's she's slightly cracked Maria, who is the, the closest thing there is to a protagonist in the first volume. It jumps between points of view, of uh, all five in the group, but Maria is the closest to a sort of standing protagonist. And there's a bit when it sort of reveals what she's been doing since the injection, yeah. which is just. Brilliant! It's wonderful. Um, I love the thing with the hammer. There's, I'll even forgive them a sort of stray into Lovecraft territory for the thing with the hammer, because it's just glorious. Those are my choices. Good choice. Oh, show is. is so good. It's beautiful as well. It's great. It's Shelby and Belair. Shelby and Belair. Yeah. yeah. It's um the dream team. It's they are rather angular are. and weird. Some of the some hugely impressive, massive splash pages. So for a lot yeah. of it, it's quite prosaic there's not tons of action it's people Jenny, sitting and it's around talking the and then suddenly it just sort of completely blows up into mm. huge fascinating things can we,
1: can we talk about the twist no no
0: okay we have a broad no-spoilers policy, but I think that would actually ruin people's enjoyment yeah. of it if we, mm. uh, we... Well, we have not a no-spoilers policy. We have no. A no, policy. no. We have no spoilers policy. We give no shit about it. But we'll try <laughs> not to ruin it for you. care, sometimes I just
2: talk. Our spoilers yeah. policy is don't be a dick, basically. Yeah, basically. And that would be
0: being a dick. But we It's have, got a thing. It's a great thing. As a group, we probably have a very poor grasp on what being a dick looks like.
2: I would argue this is true, yes, also. Yeah.
0: Those are my choices.
2: Good choices. I feel them to be good.
0: Do we want to run down some honourable mentions? I, I think it would be
2: worthwhile.
0: Okay, let's run down some honourable mentions. I, I'd like to honourably mention CapTara, uh, mm. which is great, very Cap funny. tanks nonsense, motivational orb. It's basically stupid, he man. Uh, I was going to say <laughs> Namona, but you already said Namona. Sorry. Yeah, unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So funny. So great. Say so Squirrel. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Do we need to pick our best? We'll do that after the honourable mentions, right. motherfucker.
2: Get with the format, yo. format.
0: Sorry. Necropolis by Jake Wyatt, which is still sort of trundling out as a webcomic. comic. Didn't it's coming it to print great. in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Wild's End by Dan Abner and mm. IJ Culbard, which is basically anthropomorphized animals versus War of the Worlds.
1: I like that Mr. Culbard.
0: And it's I mean I it's like good, his pencil fun. But also just the 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 thing that we're really me with is the characterization is so well done, so quickly. And it's partly his art and the use of the animals to sort of as shortcuts, but it's just so well written. Um, that's me, Roger. Honorable What have I got?
1: So, um, I enjoyed a couple of things I always like, mulp and porcelain, both from improper books. Mulp is mass Indiana Jones, basically. Uh, far future Earth, the humans are all dead, some mice archaeologists excavate a human skeleton, something a bit like a Rosetta Stone. And it sends them on a cracking pulp adventure across the world, doing globe-trotting shit and being betrayed and having a lovely time. And it's all ages, and the art is absolutely gorgeous. It's um, Matt Gibson, Sarah Duncan. I think Sarah Duncan is the artist. Um, Duncan, sorry. Um, it's absolutely lovely. It's adorable. It's charming. It's beautiful. It's very brown. Not a problem. It's just it's very brown. Um, I just love that book. It's so it, it's fun. It's really fun. It's got that kind of zingy, zingy fun. Indiana Jonesy, fun pulpy. In us. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, oh, it's so good. Um, porcelain, second volume, of porcelain, um, magical gothic fairy tale stuff. Second volume also good, a little bit bleaker, a little bit more unpleasant. Um, Descender, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen, the uh, the robot. Space one. Opera. L- gorgeous, gorgeous, painty, swooshy, wonderful use of color and bare white space. Pulls out from mad high concept, feels like Mass Effect sli- uh, fan fiction into being a kind of family drama with droids. I guess it's not entirely clear. It's
2: family Droid ma
1: It's great. It's really good. Um, a bit of a weird wild card. So we we, we all remember Kingpin books, I think, from yep. Thought Bubble. That, that a nice that, the lovely Mister Fritas. I don't Fritas. remember. The, uh, yeah. But I wasn't there. Oh sorry. Yeah. But um, so it's they had. good old people. We all at the same time. Humans all look the same. Sometimes they smell different. Meat sacks. Um, so, the uh, the nice man from the Portuguese publisher, um, they he, he they had four or five books books this year. Beautiful, beautiful kind of wonderfully produced Euro hardbacks with amazing print quality. And one of them, um, Solomon by Carlos Pedro, is this trippy sort of Lovecraft dreamland type thing. It's not Lovecraftian, but it's got that kind of. Um,
0: not euclidean some, in some,
1: some of that feel. Uh, Dockland's fish worker finds something that does things to his brain while he's recovering from a... Well, or while he's dealing with the tragedy of the death of his brother. He has a trippy dreamscape thing and gets rescued by a cat that may or may not be a magic transcendental lion. and They sort of fight something that might be a squid demon. And he sort of puts his life back together. And it's electrically gorgeous. The panel structure... Um, the art style the sort of different play of, of line work styles it's just it's a beautiful beautiful book arguably the story is quite slight but that sort of doesn't matter because it's only trying to do a simple thing and it's doing it really well and oh my god it looks good and um had a quick a very very quick mention for Limbo by yep well, had I've written shoot. them down as ambiguous consonants and fancy vowels which is probably not fair matters in Casper Wingard
2: Casper Wingard
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, there's one issue out now, two probably two the came the the year.
1: No, t- uh, sorry, issue two came out today, but... Well, um, I was at work. So was I. I haven't read it yet, but it came out today. Well, I was working. Well, fuck you.
2: <laughs> I was working, but I also wasn't paying attention. I wouldn't have seen it even if I hadn't mm. been working.
1: This is the neon
0: voodoo noir thing that's just, just, just absolutely wonderful. As a side, I do like the way that you pronounce noir, as though you're giving someone a very expressive kiss. Noir. Why didn't you just fuck off? What are your choices, Lucy? Uh,
2: from this year in particular, um, the two Noe Van uh outputs, St. Cole and Fante Bukowski. I, of those, St. Cole was um, probably the highlight for me, about a guy whose life is just very, very slowly falling apart and then extremely quickly falling apart. It's really um, good and disturbing in the way that Noe Van does very well. Um, and Roller Girl by Victoria Jameson this is the um, I like that Teen Girl Roller Derby learning about friendship kind of thing I've read a lot of teen comics this Mm. year and I've enjoyed that a great deal Um, it's colourful it's fun it makes good points about what it's trying to say and if you like Roller Derby you'll probably enjoy it do you like Roller Derby or if you have a teen who likes Roller Derby or who could like Roller Derby probably a great Christmas gift there
1: it's a good intro to Roller Derby as well it's true
2: explanation of the basic mechanisms and concepts Um, I'd also like to shout out Sing No Evil which was 2014 but I wasn't here for the 2014 end of year podcast and if I hadn't Fair enough It probably would have been one of my picks Um, It's Finnish death metal with some folk horror but also like a kind of semi-useless guy trying to find himself That sounds awesome It's really really good
0: Best fucking art as well It's beautiful
2: Absolutely beautiful I need this in my life good It's wonderful Um, And Another shout out to Wet Moon by Sophie Campbell, which is not from this year, but I read all of it this year, and it's the best thing I've read all year.
1: I read two volumes of it this weekend, and it's fucking great.
2: Yeah. It just keeps giving and keeps giving, and I can't wait for the seventh volume, but I also completely understand if it's going to take a long time. No pressure. The art looks intricate, right? She's working on a ton of other stuff. She's also working on a ton of other stuff. She's doing
0: Gem of the Holograms, and there's the Kickstarter reissue of... Shadow Shadow Eyes.
2: Yeah. The character design. Mm-hmm. it's just really good they're all it's
0: great and broad and human looking they're all yes, different yes they're
2: like real people and they're people who they're much less shit than I was when I was that age as well they're a bit shit they're a, yeah they're a bit shit but, but in a such a charming
1: way yeah they're much
2: better than the friends I actually had I'd rather uh, have them yeah I, I, I want to be all their friends and everybody's like sort of all body types all sex and gender represented yeah. it's, it's lovely for it's well,
0: Lucy's friends from back in the day who were listening she, she had a smile on her face she's clearly joking Right. It's decision time. That sounded pretty threatening, didn't it? Yeah, Sighting. it's time to decide. Myself. Roger.
2: That was incidental. What's your one
0: book of the year? Ah,
2: Number one. Ah, ah, I know, it's so
1: hard.
0: They're all your children.
1: No, no, I just like them. I'm not sure I'd like my children. I'd be a terrible
0: parent. You'd be a terrible parent if you picked one above all of the others. My grandmother did that. She was a terrible person.
2: And look how you turned out two generations later. Just fine. Um...
1: I think my pick of the year, and it's a close-run thing, is going to be *Armor*. Very nearly *Witches*, because it's gorgeous, but I think *Armor* just has so much more going on. And it's it's the protrusion of a this is a little bit unfair, but it's this protrusion of this kind of long-running franchise. It's kept a lot of balls in the air. It's gorgeous. It's just absolutely beautiful.
2: And I'm always going to be a sucker for big, big, weird sci-fi. That's true. Done by a weird Belgian guy. Is he Belgian?
0: I believe so. Yeah. Quite a round of applause for Harmon and Frederick Peters. Don't know. It all gets a bit vague around there, doesn't it? Low yeah. countries. Yeah. Oh, it's good though. Apart from should. the Alps. Yeah, they're
2: you quite should. pointy. Yeah. You
1: should get some armor. You need. You need it. Lucy.
2: I think it's Mono, and I think it's Mono simply... I liked them all a great deal, but, but Mono in particular because it's the least like anything else that I've read previously. It has a voice of its own. It's not really been... It's not hugely borrowing from or influenced by much else, and it told me things about stuff that I knew nothing about. That's no right. almost good. Uncle Dave.
0: Fantasy sports. <laughs> Of you course. don't say. Nothing Nothing has made me happier this year. And I don't just mean comics. <laughs> I mean anything at all. Um, it's just... I normally pick something like really and It's like, oh, yeah, there's a meta-narrative, but there's a gorilla... <laughs> <laughs> this was just fun. Mythoporosis. It was nice. It was nice. I had a nice time. Such a nice time, and everyone else should. It's This might great. be the first time I've ever seen you happy. Well...
2: Your picks are pretty happy. As you've been, my friend, for
0: the last ten years, that's more on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll accept that.
1: (sighs) Well, there we have it. The best best comics of 2015 would appear to be um, Armour, Menu, and Fantasy
2: Sports. And they're mostly available for purchase either on Amazon or at your local comic store if you're lucky enough to
0: have one. So, I... uh... I think those are good choices. Mm-hmm. Um, big, I'm always, always struck by the stuff even, I didn't get Except time to read. Not <laughs> it's big um, Because even though I think we, we cover quite a broad range of mm-hmm. things, still a ton of stuff that I would love to have had time to read. There's, a, two, there's a
1: few big ticket things we missed. Yeah. Like that just none of us have really got to this year. So.
0: There's some really big ticket things that turned out to be massive disasters. Huge amounts of bollocks. Um, mm-hmm. Which, funnily enough, were massively fated at the time and aren't turning up on anyone's end of year list. So I think. We all know what I'm talking about.
2: Well, I mean, for me, it's quite striking that of the three great white male sharks of the comics industry, only one of them actually managed to turn up the real goods this year. The, who are those <laughs> to you? I was going for the um, Dylan Horrocks, Scott McLeod and um, Craig Thompson. Right. Yes. I. Though, you that, know, those guys of yeah, that yeah. thing that they do. And who'd
1: have thought the one that actually does some self-examination turned into the better book?
2: Give <laughs> the... The the gulf between Habibi and Space Dumplings is bizarre. It's huge, but it's wonderful.
1: But yeah, there's One a loads of 2016. There's a shit ton of um, of great books out this year. Some of which we uh, we haven't even read, and um, and some of which don't actually exist. So we're going to talk to you about them now.
0: Yes. So we we started a competition last episode, um, where people would pitch us comics, trying to sort of aim for the sort of things that we like. And we would um, essentially just uh, review them as though they were a real thing.
2: Can I point out that I'm amazed by the response rate we got? Yeah, we had... I didn't expect anything. Yeah,
1: by my count, 101 responses. How many of
2: them from Clary? 64.
0: 64. 64 were were from Clary, who... We we haven't disqualified on the grounds that she's actually been on the show, but
2: friend of the podcast, friend of the
0: podcast, oh,
1: Clary Maguire. yes, that Clary that we talk about when we talk about Clary. Well, what
2: the, we talk about, these yeah. sixty-four things of what we talk about when we talk about Clary.
1: We receive yeah this this, this bizarre and staggering response of pictures of these peculiar. I'm just going to read a few to give you a flavour. Let's 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 so, get a little, uh, so yeah, a
0: little taste please, of. of What's been pouring into my fucking so, email inbox last couple of weeks? from
1: Bristol writes in with Title Home Virtues, a, a non fiction porn comedy. The pitch History of that weird period in the 1860s where the letters page of Englishwoman's Domestic Magazine, of Mrs. Beaton's fame, was almost exclusively a hangout of hairy palm BDSM enthusiasts.
0: I, I quite enjoyed The Night Visitor, a horror one shot. An increasingly housebound pensioner, who's lived their life under the shadow of a du- draining supernatural entity, discovers that they have a terminal illness and resolve to take final revenge on it. Nice, nice. Um, she also suggests, run
1: Lizzie Biscuit, run right now. An ongoing adventure comic in which Lizzie Biscuit has a problem, she doesn't know what it is, but the people pursuing her certainly seem to have a grasp on it.
0: Um, one, one in particular is... Uh, the, the title of this comic is is Batman The format is is Batman It's an ongoing series and the, the pitch is Batman. I can see some problems with that one
2: one or,
1: one or two
0: yeah
2: I was particularly taking myself with a ghost fuck yes genre porn length ongoing people fuck or are fucked by ghosts yes it has an appealing simplicity it does. Um, no fucking about, just ghost no, fucking
0: no, about. No. Hammer and Sickle, an ongoing action-adventure comic in which Lenin hunts vampires.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kansho I, I enjoyed as well, a supernatural uh, supernatural graphic novel horror set in 1948 where a young Japanese widow prepares to remarry and move to the, young, to the US with her young son. He begins to act out, but is it the normal stresses of a small child adjusting to change or is it spirit possession? And it's called Kansho, which which I looked up and I wished I hadn't...
2: I think if you're um, concerned about what to get your gran for Christmas, you could try Ultimate Call the Midwife. The characters from the popular BBC programme for Nan's Call the Midwife are given an updated, continuity-free reboot in this accessible jumping-on point for new readers. (laughs) Splendid.
1: Shall we um, cover
0: more from Clarence? Why not? I mean, there's a few more to go for.
1: So there's a couple I genuinely love. Like There are some things I would really have read. Uranium Rock, comedy drama ongoing... In the mid-50s, with the sexual revolution still a glimmer in society's eye and the threat of nuclear war seeming very real indeed, a group of teens cope with life by planning and executing flying saucer hoaxes in the New Mexico desert and doing some half-hearted prospecting.
2: This reminds me of just how much of Clary's life has been influenced by Threads. Yeah. But wouldn't you read the shit out of that?
0: I think it would be remiss not to mention The Mabig Dogian, an ongoing fantasy adventure which is the Mabinosian the yes, classic we know Welsh what book the mythology. Is. But with big dogs. Splendid.
2: <laughs> Everyone likes big dogs. Everyone
0: yeah. likes big dogs.
2: Woof.
0: Woof So we we had a few suggestions from any wolfen from Clary? Of course you fuckers know what the mabinogion is. You have to study Arthurian legend because you did stupid degrees. Enjoyable. I just think degrees. it's wrong
2: to presupp- uh, not that enjoyable. Wrong to presuppose that our listeners might inherently. <laughs>
0: yes, but it's not wrong to yell at me.
2: <laughs> Very rarely. <laughs> so, um,
1: so Giles from Cambridge picked, pitched us something that I thought was—I'll um, be honest here—a little cynical. Um, it's a sad comic that alternates between scenes of the bittersweet childhood and comic and comic yet melancholy old age of a sarcastic former Kate Vigilante from the British Midlands where it gradually becomes clear that it's taking place in a virtual reality sustained by malfunctioning supercomputers on a dying earth billions of years in the future. The plot is, I don't know, some sort of ironic time loop probably. I think that about covers everything.
0: Oliver from North. Brings us The Boy with the Arachnid Heart. The heartwarming tale of a young lad, Keith, who discovers that he has poisonous spiders instead of blood. Whenever he is hurt, small but ferocious spiders rush from the wound and attack everything in his immediate vicinity. Death is not certain from their bite, but profound suffering is. Keith is profoundly arachnophobic. A sinister government agency wants to turn him into an assassin, but Keith is more concerned with whether or not girls will be repulsed by his gruesome spidery blood and the worry that his semen might actually just be spiders' eggs as well.
2: It's a lot for a teen to handle.
0: It is. It really is.
2: I also enjoyed the submission Death and Other Small Disappointments, also from Oliver from North. A woman's organs become self-aware and have to solve the mystery of why they all feel so awful all the time. It turns out that their host is drinking herself to death. Her organs must decide whether or not they want to try and save her, because if they do, they themselves will cease to be self-aware and effectively die. Do they want to live in the crumbling body of a dying woman or die in the body of a woman who just might live?
0: John from Cambridge brings us, Nick Cage is Superman. The pitch is, Nick Cage actually is Superman. Fuck off. Chris from Cambridge
1: has, um, has very kindly pitched us one of the ones very nearly my favourite, very near the one I went with, Rob Leifeld's Feet. Genre of body horror, length ongoing. All the feats Rob Liefeld has obscured, hidden, just played, failed to draw in every comic he's ever done since, like, 1980-whatever.
0: He also brings us Being Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen writes a comic about a comic book writer who is a thinly disguised avatar for Kieran Gillen who is writing a comic about a comic book writer who writes really, really, really terrible puns. Chris adds, Just kidding, Kieran. Love you, really. Poignant. I thought so.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of, a lot of stuff. We, we also had... And I, I love this for its simplicity, but I couldn't quite couldn't quite put it through. A, a pitch from Hester, with the title "In Hester," Cambridge. about the character Hester and the pitch. It's about Hester, which I think we'll all agree has a certain intellectual purity.
2: Hester's really branching out. Yeah.
0: it's. Um, I have one concern with it. Uh, which is that this comic already exists. Yeah,
1: it does technically fail on not being fictional.
0: Yes, and Hester has bullied someone into, into writing her adventures.
1: To be fair, there's only one episode so far.
0: I thought there were two. Oh, two, two, two. sorry.
1: Two. 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 So far. The one where she gets into a fight with a swan is particularly delightful.
0: Which, I mean, I know you mean it as praise, but there's only two of them, so it just means that one of them worse the other than
1: that.
2: one was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like Hester fighting the swan, it's great. I haven't read the other one. I was merely riffing off Roger. Yeah, and his Sorry.
0: unbridled negativity.
2: Mm-hmm. So anyone... anyone, 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 we, we, anyone We've people?
0: each picked a favourite. We'll we we'll put them all on the side. We'll put all of them on the side. All 101 with, horrifying comic pictures. With the permission of those involved, of course. Um, but yeah, we've each... Because we've somehow
2: each, if you email us, you'll worst thoughts, we can't automatically publish them. Well, you know, we, we,
0: we, we sh- if we were doing a letters page, we should have had them write OK for publication mm. in the subject line. Mm-hmm. If, I, if reading comics has taught me anything, it's that that's how the world works. That's true.
1: So we've each picked one, and what we're going to do is take the pitch and review it, basically, or rather review the comic we think it turns into. Mm-hmm. So um, I have gone with Captain Space from Clary, the, um, the pitch is, Captain Space, an Novolteen-era-style intergalactic adventurer, secretly crash-lands in the woods behind a realistically-written ex- Essex council estate in 1991, and moves into an empty house. He has an alien dog, and a robot butler, and a robot aunt. He almost certainly has some degree of combat-based PTSD, a possibility which he is unaware and unwilling to entertain. Draw in the style of Berger. Ah, the Lynn Clark. Now, quite apart from being just a fucking delightful pitch in a comic that I would absolutely read, the way I saw this was um, actually as a really interesting colouring exercise. So my, 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 I'll, my picture of this is kind of a, um, a large graphic novel, um, but with an interesting kind of temporary phase colour thing, where the present day, which would always be framed as viewed outside the window kind of through some net curtains as a kind of establishing device per chapter, would be done leached, like kind of sugar paper left out in the sun, and the past would I be far more think- far more vibrant. I, I pictured kind of Captain Space's inability to deal with the real world being articulated through a kind of, the line style would still be as lively, it would still be as clear, but the colour would just be not quite right, everything would be a bit bleached. It made me think of Philip Larkin's Afternoons, but maybe via kind of Resident Alien. Have Just, you done this? Because I've not done this. I've done
2: something similar.
1: Okay. So, so that's kind of that's what I had in my head is that maybe the stories would be bracketed with him seeing something out of the window and he would misinterpret it like I don't know teens doing something at the youth centre, so he storms in because it might be drugs or something sort of at thing. the youth centre. You, you get the idea. You kind of, effectively, I'm thinking kind of down there. Probably by the is roof. drugs
0: or molestation.
1: So I was thinking about what Captain Space would be like, and this kind of—he's from a damn dare world, but he's crashed, and he's got this sort of slight acknowledged PTSD, mm-hmm. manifest it with colour. Show him desperately trying to rush in and be and the sort out these situations, and mm-hmm. then just find that it's all so low key, and he's not got the tools. And he would kind of I think he would reluctantly make friends with some people on the estate and it just wouldn't quite click. And they would be very obviously not talking about the robot aunt or the alien doll or whatever. It would be they get into one of these uneasy man friendship compromises where no one really talks about the shit that's going on in your life and mm-hmm. you sort of spool it out through the medium of something else. And then I was just pissing about and had this idea that like maybe he would actually be an alien and would be because of the PTSD desperately trying to find something on earth in the horrible grotty corner shop that would get him drunk enough to forget mm-hmm. which I have decided would be Heinz sandwich spread. Indeed and it would a powerful
2: be, intoxicant for his kind. It
1: would be a third act reveal. He'd be carrying around these sandwich spread sandwiches, and when it eventually became clear that this is what he was doing, it would just retroactively be horribly sad because mm. he'd just been like fucking himself up constantly, cramming his face with junk sandwich spread, drinking to forget.
2: Indeed, munching.
1: Basically, I think this idea has fantastic legs, even if he's not a drinky booze hound alien with sandwich spread. And I but think he probably is. come back Clary. Yeah, Captain Space. It's it's. I think it's it's a. Weirdly coloured rearticulation of Larkin's Afternoons. Hmm.
2: Sounds glorious, Lucy. Uh, the pitch that I reviewed was "Sail Away, My Darling Doll," also by Clary. Now, what I really loved about this when I read it was the um, it's got this beautiful sort of Emily Carroll sensibility about it. It's sort of old-fashioned and everything's a little bit freaky. So, it's set in a an eighteenth-century fishing village visually it borrows very much from sort of um willow pattern china there's a lot of kind of blues Mm -hmm. and um kind of intricacies water scenes it's um it's very nice to look at so the, the the women of this village their husbands are kidnapped they they go out fishing and they're kidnapped by a sea witch and basically kept prisoner in this underground cave for an extended period of time and in the meantime, the women of the village build what's essentially a feminist utopia. I mean, those who wish to just les the fuck out. Um, nobody's telling them what to do yeah. all day. Their uh, seagrass basket weaving business really takes off. They become yeah, sort of yeah. economically self-sustaining as a community, which is great. And the, but there's this constant sort of underpinning thread of anxiety throughout that one day the men are going to come back and take all of this away, which um, I thought was really beautifully resolved by essentially the changes that the Sea Witch makes to them. She um, doesn't exactly torture them, but she alters them in such a way that they come back green-tinged, demasculated and totally devoid of testosterone. So there's sort of non-coercive, totally consensual cuddling, if you want it, but nobody's made to make anyone else's dinner and nobody gets raped. And it's... Um, they just reintegrate with this feminist society that their wives have created, and it's lovely. Sort
1: of the the interwar feminist ascendancy that we deserved.
2: Essentially, but several centuries previously, <laughs> set by the coast. I think there's, I think there's scope for a sequel if she wants to yeah, carry it yeah. on. I think, it, I think, sort of how the rest of the world interacts with this strange place should they ever be discovered would be a really interesting place for it to go. You could, um, yeah, I,
1: well, I would, I would read that. Hmm?
2: And the Sea Witch is a total fucking badass as well. Of course. Like Kate Beaton style, she's great. Yeah, like a, sort of slightly snarky. Exactly. But I'm going
1: to guess in a Kate Beaton sort of modern idiom in an old-timey... Precisely.
2: Yeah. Yes. She's got a touch of the Nimona about her as well. Mm. She's a good witch.
0: Okay. I feel my choice is going to give away the winner. Uh, uh, but mine is also by Clary. And it's uh, Yantan Tetra, which is a folklore anthology of uh, one shot and and miniseries. Uh, folk tales and weird history from the north of England, like We're The Bar guest, My Own Cell, Ginny Green Teeth, Pendle Witches. That sounds like the, the sort of shit you like. Yeah, deal. it does sound like the sort of shit I like. I think this one might be targeted at me. Um, so the way I see this is, um, you know Garfield without Garfield? I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically the first 25 issues of Hellboy without Hellboy. <laughs> um, that, that's what I'm seeing here. Um, the early Hellboy was, was fantastic in that it had all of these... Um short stories that borrowed really liberally from uh, from from bits and pieces of um British folklore, and there were usually explanations in the trade paperbacks and sort of point you at these weird bits of um weird bits of folklore to go and go and look at, and it's partly why I have this weird fascination now. Mm. Like Jenny Greenteeth that, that appears in Hellboy at one point. In uh, Volume 3, I believe. That's oh, right. part of the Iron Shoes story.
1: I only remember the, well, of the things that were named there. The only one I, I remember firmly is the Pendle Witches.
0: But yeah. So I'm seeing this as stark, scratchy imagery, played out at various points throughout. Some could be modernised, some could be set uh, contemporary to the time that they were originally told. I'm thinking ink and digital. I'm, I'm thinking ink, ink and sparse colour. Hmm. I, 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 you've, you've done yours. You went to fucking sugar paper, for God's sake. Who uses sugar paper? Primary school children. Leave me be. Yes, yeah, fighty this one. You can tell it's Christmas because we're gonna have <laughs> No a, one's you know, having right? a nice time. No one's <laughs> having a nice time. So I think I am coming from, from a Hellboy place and thinking sort of stark inks. Um, but of course, if a story demanded something else, you could adapt the style. Uh, very much an anthology, which mm-hmm. means that some of it will, by necessity, be shit.
1: As is fair. And as as
0: is required of the anthology, something must be sacrificed. Mm, it's true. Anthologies for the anthology gods and so on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be my choice because let's be honest, that one was just baiting me.
2: Laser targeted. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was pretty Dave. Yeah, but the actual winner is. Yes, So the
1: actual good. winner just just on the strength of the pitch, really. Like, oh, by no surprises here clary um from bristol title hillside genre teen horror length Miniseries. pitch it's in the woods and it will fuck you
0: congratulations clary you have won a comic you can pick one of our favorites get in touch and let us know which one it is i believe you have our email address <laughs>
2: such a versatile creator she deserves to be rewarded
1: she does, she this, does is, do. this has been the Clary cast so that's it for the year
2: do we have any Christmas wishes for our listeners well I think we
1: should say thanks to all our other wonderful contributors
2: yes, yes. very much so it was a strong strong
1: thank crap. you mm-hmm. obviously we've had
0: Clary sorry. we've had <laughs> Clary we've had, we've had
1: We've had a lot of contributions from Clary thank you Oliver John Hoggy Al Hester Hoggy Roger. Hoggy
0: had a very nice uh, pitch I thought oh which yes it his yes, first yes. one out
1: Yes, that was uh, that was that was quite a that was quite a thing. Um, <laughs> yes, Hoggy's pitch, "Fool House," a depressing, refusing to come of age story about a man-child who won some comics in a popular and intelligent podcast bingo competition and the half-assed depth he will sink to in order to win again. Self-published by a photocopying in the office printer when no one's watching. <laughs>
0: That was a very close fourth, I think. Yeah, that, that was, was a
1: very long game as well. We, we enjoyed that from Hoggy. We we had some from Al, from Hester, from Rogger,
0: Giles, we've read out Chris. Who is Chris, this Rogger guy and why is he... Oh, why did you
2: actually
0: email them <laughs> to our email account? Why did
2: you participate in your own contest?
0: <laughs> what were you Unless The Rogger
2: alter ego is actually out of control in its own entity now. You're not saying anything, so it probably is.
0: That could just be a stroke. That's true.
1: Or wind. Of genius.
2: Or wind.
0: Well, we're off for a month now to recover (laughs) from that fucking awful joke. And because we probably don't have time to do another show for next month or so. No, I'm going to go and be sad in the north.
2: I'm going to go and have a great time in the southwest.
0: I'm going to stay roughly here. It's true. Um, Thank you for listening. We hope we have provided you with... Some entertainment some really, this year. Some good ideas for things to go and read. Yeah. By reiterating things we already told you you should read in a slightly more strident tone.
2: If you didn't do it before, you probably won't Lisa now. Lucy
0: bought two of them while we were recording That's
2: them. true, I did buy two of them while we were recording We capitalismed
0: pretty fucking hard. We did. We did.
2: 18 pounds of my own money.
1: And if that's not the meaning of Christmas, I don't know what mm-hmm. the fuck is. Well, I really don't,
0: I've forgotten.
2: Amazon Prime, baby.
0: And now here's Roger with some vile erotic... No. <laughs> We're not doing that again this year, are we? Because I don't have any. I'd have to make it up.
2: You made it up last time.
0: (laughs) Good night and... uh, No, that's it. Don't have festive. Good night. Yeah, see
2: ya. Bye.